My name is James DeBrucker. With me, as always, is my equal host, Megan, name Megan Griffin. <laughs> and welcome back to a handbook for handbook for mortals, the chapter by chapter deep dive into Lonnie Sarum's magnum opus, uh, the first volume of same of apparently five to seven. I can't remember which one. Oh, you got to be fucking kidding me! I thought it was just supposed to be a trilogy. Uh, no, I don't know where you got the trilogy. Uh, my hopes and dreams, I guess. No, uh, that would be just one book, then. So, what did we talk about last time on A Handbook for a Handbook for Mortals? Because um, I seem to recall, like, a slasher movie, and... Um, let's see, you promoted drug use. No, 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 yeah, no. Unless you're under the you... age of, like, 14. I, this was not me, don't even start that. No, I'm sorry, one of us went out of their way to say... Kids shouldn't use drugs. Yes. And that person was me. Yes. That um, was you. And, um, and yeah, there was some illusions and Tad was Tad and Cam and Mac and Jackson and HR got involved. and Yeah, there was a lot of creepy staring, um, yep. not consensually. Yep. It was uh, a graveyard fucking smash. Yeah. Uh, some so negative... This- uh, attitudes towards uh, Las Vegas uh, food markets or uh, farmers I markets. I maintain that uh, you know I I went in and I looked at the average yearly rainfall for Las Vegas and if you guys if you want to go grow crops there, bio con Dios, but but it ain't for me. Um, this week we are on chapter four, the Empress, uh, the longest four. chapter to date. Yes. Are you? Coming uh, Sorry. Pardon me. Charlie keeps like trying to come up, but then when I go to pick him up, he runs away. Are you coming? Uh, meanwhile, up? Solstice Kit Kat Ayers de Brooker is the best helpful Kit Kat ever. So. Um. Didn't realize she was a food. Now good to know. <laughs> no, Kit Kat. That was that, that, that's her. It's one of her middle names. Solstice Kit Kat Ayers de Brooker. <laughs> You know what? Let's just spend an hour talking about Solstice. Yes, exactly. Um, I'd like to. I'd like to plug my cat. Wait, I plugged having a cat on the very first episode I recorded with you, didn't I? Probably. Yeah. Um, so so this is the yes, the Empress, and I have my trusty Moor right in front of me, uh, ready to <clears throat> recite iambic pentameter. Uh, this. Handbook for Mortals really makes me appreciate Alan Moore's <laughs> poem that much more because reading it out of order like I have to do, holy shit. Like it it's it's, it's a whole crafted work. Yes. Um so okay, let's read something good before we go into the <laughs> cold water therapy of a handbook for mortals. Ahem. When all suns greeted that first day, the elements by then in play were in great gaseous globs flung far, strewn about every birthing star. These clouds of matter cooled, congealed, until the planets hung revealed. Our mother world amongst them see her in our empress here. Card three. She is all bounty and all love, lovely as Venus, bright above. Earth, water, fire, and air as one churn here in fertile union. The holy spark twixt he and she burns in her sweet fecundity. The seeds of life in her abide, in wind, fire, avalanche, and tide. How fair is she, our queen, our earth, that sheltered us, that gave us birth. So, this is uh, the descent of ideal into the physical, I believe. 
Um, or as what happens in the actual chapter four, a handbook for mortals <laughs> is, um, someone I used to date in college. He had this really great description of this whole chapter, which is, Oh, you think I'm interesting? That's so interesting. Which <laughs> is Nope, sorry, that just is so perfect. <laughs> yep. It is exactly what happens for thirty one fucking pages. Is it thirty one pages? I wasn't sure. All I knew was um, this chapter no, is. No, sorry, really sorry, long. sorry, sorry, sorry. Twenty nine pages. Oh, I apologize. Um so yes. Now how many pages um, of this chapter are song lyrics? Fucking So alright. So I flipped through. Mm-hmm. And I saw the long block of italicized text, and I thought to myself, if she wrote her own goddamn lyrics, <laughs> I'm going to be surly. But, Instead. but, 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 she is singing an Amy Mann song, because Lonnie Serum, t- deep in her heart of hearts, wants to be the booking agent for the bronze. <laughs> that is, that is, that is the vibe that I am getting. So anyway, um... Quick Why do we keep the... going back to Buffy in this? I, well, I, is there a relation I... somewhere in there? Except for the fact that Riley. Sarah Michelle Geller is like totally in town and was near my office re- this bleh, this afternoon when I was looking at Instagram. Um, mm-hmm. But, oh yeah, I guess there is a Riley. Maybe that's what started all of this. Yes. Uh, so in this chapter, Zade has a vision and I have a much more interesting way to play that out than the actual book. Um, there's like 28 pages of You Think I'm Interesting? That's so interesting. Uh, after another creepy Tad and Mac slasher vision scene. <laughs> Can we call them those? It's just slasher vision? Yeah, because like that's, that. that's exactly what it is. You're like, <laughs> um, and we finally find out Zade's true name. So if any of you are interested in summoning the main character of the book and binding her to your will, you are off to a great start after this chapter. Nice. Um, and boy, do I have feelings about the name. <laughs> so let's but, start with the vision and the fact that yes. suddenly we find out that this isn't the first vision she's ever had. It's apparently right. a common thing that happens to her. And apparently most people just accept that she's got a bad feeling about something. Um, now, I get a Buffy reference. Isn't that a song? No, that's just, I've got a feeling. Never mind. Yes. Um, it's also a Beatles song. Okay. I will take um, your word on that one. No, you're thinking of, I've got a theory. Oh, The theory must it. be bunnies. <laughs> I've got a feeling is definitely a Beatles Once song. Once more with feeling, I've got a theory. Okay. Yep. I'm caught up now. Uh, so... Yeah, her spider sense is all a tingle. And again, Mac properly says, yes, we all have bad feelings about stuff sometimes. And properly um, notices... Wait, no, wait. No, no, no. Mac, who notices that Sophia is not wearing her harness? Riley. Riley. Good old Riley. Yes. I'd like to go back to the fact that uh, Mac is basically just like, your point I don't like relating to our serial killer character this much, but like every time he talks to her, I just want to be like, yeah, you're right. You may not necessarily say it right. What are you drinking? I'm drinking purple. Oh, Look, it's in a. I like my drink like I like my prose. Purple. <laughs> just was curious because it looked like a really funny shaped bottle. And I just wanted to talk about my 
love of scissorp. <laughs> Anyways. Um, Look, you're from Atlanta. Why am I lecturing you about scissorp? Because uh, it's probably something that happened, you know, before I was alive. Oh my god. Because you like to frequently right. tell me. Right, this podcast brought to you by the letter E and the number 40. Anyway. So, Mac says that Zade's spider sense is nothing to worry about. Yep. And... And they don't have long to wait to find out that her permission is real. Because Sophia wasn't wearing her harness. It's not just that Sophia wasn't wearing her harness. Something happened, and I really don't honestly understand what, but something happened with uh, the thingamabob to cause it to go up. And this is this is this is what I think is happening. So Sophia is set up as the female antagonist, the the feminine force acting in opposition to Zade's stated desires to sleep with Boss Daddy. And uh, <laughs> oh god, sorry. Right. Okay. Fucking Mister Spellman. Whatever. No, it's like, it's just you, nothing. Um, and she is the victim of. She being Zade's Sophia? premonition. Okay. Yeah, yeah, Sophia. So, so, so obviously, what's happening is that Zade's subconscious, her id, is lashing out at those uh, in her way, and Ooh. this is all building to a to a confrontation where Zade has to fight the personification of the darkness within her. Um, I like this. So it's not that she saw a premonition; it's that she willed it into existence. Exactly, exactly. Um, the the premonition is a brief glimpse into the uh, the dark subconscious that lives within all of us. And there are like 18 billion movies and books and stuff that explore, explore this theme, and they are all more interesting than this. So, just to clarify, like, her premonition isn't really a premonition. It's just a feeling. It's not like she sees anybody falling. It's not like she sees any of it happening she just has a bad feeling something's going to happen because well, no she she does she does get some visual glimpses uh, and audio hints like there's someone about something about hitting the e stop okay um i cannot enunciate that clearly enough e stop not what you're thinking and yeah there's a there's an equipment malfunction now how long has it been since she's started Oh, yeah, sorry. Um, She doesn't know what hitting the E-stop is, and you'd think that... It's got to be this something. Point, yeah, but you'd figure that they would clue her in on basic basic terminology. But anyway... Um, well, okay, wait, hang on. Going back to page one really quick, does it say how long? No, it doesn't. Oh, it's been a few days. A few days later. Okay, so yes, yeah, so you're right. She probably should know what it is, but the overwhelming sense of, like, a bunch of new shit, maybe she doesn't. So Riley proper so anyway, uh, Zade spider senses all the tingle. Riley tells Sophia to put on her harness. Um, before Sophia can harness herself, uh, platform starts spinning, and Sophia falls off. And Zade pushes Sophia's body as Sophia was flying past Zade. Now here's the thing: at what point? Does it say she got on the platform? I mean, I guess she did because I think she starts on it. Yeah, she walks to the spot. 
um, walked down the catwalk, put put my harness on, clipped in, hooked okay. my harness to a metal wire, walking out past the guard wall. This is it's just but a but, very weirdly done. Yeah, and, and so how far up is the platform that Sophia's on if she can... F- I guess she also starts up on the platform? I mean... Yeah, there's no there's no real sense of space here. No, not at all. Um, but anyway... But yes, you're right. As she flies past, Zade pushes her so that she lands in the water and also pulls off her harness and dives from the platform that is still moving and aims for the pool that she somehow makes it into. And I couldn't necessarily figure out the physics of that. It seems like there's no, a, a little bit of fudging going on there. Um, yeah. So Sophia... Well, I mean, like, Mary Sue here. Was, like... Yeah. So Sophia goes splash rather than splat. Uh, there's a good throwaway line where Zaid says, she may not have been my favorite person, but I certainly didn't want her to die, which as established is not the case because her subconscious <laughs> is lashing out. Um, then a visibly upset Riley shows up, which puts him one over Riley and Buffy. Um, cause he's never visibly upset. Exactly. I don't know if I agree with that. No, well, <laughs> I mean, just because some of us take our problems out by being bitten by vampires to feel something yeah. doesn't mean that we don't show emotion um mac again on the side of the angels choose riley out for not properly harnessing sophia um or riley uh, riley's the secret hero of this book is what we're basically just figuring out yep. this chapter um then there is um then tad tad like everything in the in the refractory period after the action sequence of Zade's simultaneously throwing someone to their death and saving them from being thrown to their death. Um, yeah, Tad's like you know calming and relaxing energy that surrounds Tad like a bubble. Tad is Tad Tad Tad, tad, tad yeah Tad Tads. Um, um. There's also a lot of talk of smoke breaks, which I guess, like New York, Vegas is one of those cities where everybody smokes. I don't know. I haven't been to Vegas, but I can tell you everybody smokes in New York. Okay. Which isn't true because I don't smoke, but... Well, then not everyone smokes in New York. Well, you know what I mean. Okay. Um, yeah, I don't know. What is this tone? No, I don't know. I... It's... it's, (laughs) I trust you. About smoke breaks? I wouldn't. Mm-hmm. God damn it. I keep accidentally highlighting everything. Okay. Um, so then we go to another slasher vision scene with Mac creeping on Zade and being all <laughs> super obsessive about how he's not obsessed about Zade. Well, wait. Before that, I just want to talk about the line where Tad asks her, is there anything you can't do? And she says, windows. And then... Oh, wait, no, that's not a reacting to the joke. It's reacting to the, the push. Never mind. I thought it was a reacting to the joke. And was going to be like, this is the most pointless scene. But anyways, go back to Mac being creepy and obsessive. Yes. Um, and again, Tad, bubbly, taddy, tadalicious, tadtastic, tadtasia, tad. Is going to is... name all of our uh, chia pets after Tad. Yes, and is playfully joshing Mac around about Mac's creepy obsession. Um, Mac smokes too. It's so gross. Yes, don't smoke, kids. 
just do mushrooms. Yes, right, exactly. Juice. Look, look, if you're going to... Um, so then Slash Revision ends. Um, and Zade is on the loading dock, having checked on Riley, and now sitting with an acoustic guitar. Fucking Christ, this <laughs> goddamn scene. <laughs> Ugh. Mac walked out onto the dock and fumed as they lit a cigarette. He took a long drag and leaned against the wall. God. God. And then she sings an Amy Mann song. That's just what you are. And then... It goes on for half a page for me, probably longer for yours. Um, about... Three quarters of a page, yeah. Yeah. Um. So after no oh, and guess what, he also knew who Amy who he also knows who Amy Man is. Yes, this is this is where the oh you think I'm interesting? That's so interesting. Really starts. Uh, yes. I do. I will give the author credit <clears throat> for both characters knowing Amy Man because, excuse me, both authors knowing Amy or both characters knowing Amy Man because of. Magnolia? Yeah, like, again, I want to emphasize that Zaid is supposed to be 25. Mac is around the same age. Magnolia is a little bit before that. Because I want to say Magnolia is, like, a little before my time, even. Like, I know I was alive for it, but... I saw it in I, college. Yeah, like... I, oh, now i got to look this up. Early, two, uh, early 2000s. Is it early 2000s? I think so, but you should erase you. Look, look it up. 1999. Okay. And like, so I am approaching 30, so I would have been 11 at this time. And so like, is it been, has it been long enough for this to be a cult classic? Was it that popular of a movie? It was pretty fucking huge. And P.T. Anderson, like, I, I, I could see it in terms of people watching They Will Be Blood and going back to check out. I guess. It's just like, to me, this reads as an author forgetting how old she's made her character. Okay. I, I, I get that. I'm giving her credit for finding the most reasonable reason. I, I I agree with that. Like, okay, cool quick name that. name something else. Amy Mann has done that people would know her for. No, literally, this is the only thing I know her from. Because if they had been like, like, oh, I've loved Amy Mann ever since she sang the chorus on Rush's song "Time Stand Still" from their album <laughs> "Hold Your Fire." Not all of us are you, right? So. Right. But like, you know, <clears throat> till Tuesday or. If if she were really going ham for the hipster cred, they'd be like, oh, yeah, I liked her album with Ted Leo. Um, yeah, it's just like, I get that it, it is the most basic pull. It still feels like too mature of a pull. Mm-hmm. Ryan Adams, um, another, like, it's, I, I like Ryan Adams a lot. I uh-huh. liked him in whiskey town his first album heartbreaker is a fucking classic um it's it's just i don't know it it's it makes sense someone who likes ryan adams would also like amy mann um yeah but it just it feels forced 
Um, um, and there's also a really, really long paragraph of like, oh, maybe he's not such a bad guy because he's got decent taste in music. And, <laughs> you know. <clears throat> Folks, as someone who worked at a college radio station, let me assure you that having good taste in music is not at all a barrier to being a fucking creepazoid. Well, and it's such a subjective line that, you know, whatever. <clears throat> yeah. Um, and she points out that she might have been thinking about Mac when she sang the song about how you're a prong and <laughs> that's just the way you are is a prong. Um, Mac takes a deep breath of the evening desert air that is inexplicably <laughs> well suited for fucking crop growing. <laughs> Um, um, and then they're like, you know, flirt, flirt, flirt. I'm making my wink gesture. Uh, oh, I missed it. I wouldn't say you missed it. Uh, now there is a line that is, there is, e there isn't even one lightning bug in the whole state of Nevada. And I highlighted this because it is such a weird fact that I just wanted to call bullshit on it. But I had talked to a friend of mine who lives in Reno and apparently this is true. There are no lightning bugs in the state of Nevada. Yeah. Yes. And, um. <laughs> Okay, what the illusion does, blah, 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 closely guarded tradition, family secret, blah, blah, blah. Which goes back to what I was pissing and moaning about in earlier chapters, is that she's fucking cheating. Like, it's, it's... it's he doesn't know she's cheating yet. But everyone else is, like, going through all this tech stuff. Like, it's, it's, it's... She is, she is at best a ringer, and she definitely obtained her job under false pretenses. Well, yes. Like there's some there's some Ricky J motherfucker who is just badass at close up magic who who is like still going to the unemployment office just because he doesn't have the metahuman abilities. Can you do close up magic on a stadium state uh stage? Um sure, why not? Okay. You you, you uh, walk through the crowd. Um Stars Yeah, it is curious to see what she it is going to be curious to see if we ever find out what she says to convince, um, as you put a boss daddy, uh, to let her do the show. That's an appropriate. That's another gesture <laughs> that by virtue of the, the medium of podcasting is lost in all those memories lost like tears and rain time to die. Um, Mac has a motorcycle because he's a fucking cliche bad boy who smokes and rides a motorcycle like all the cool kids. Well, okay, hang on. The line is, I play a guitar too. That's usually what I do on my days off. Play my guitar, see movies, or ride my motorcycle through the desert. None of this is earth shattering. No. Like, it does, it's not Nevada specific. It's not, I mean, Christ. I'm debating movie pass so I can see more movies. And yeah, like. I don't know. It's it's almost like you have hobbies. I have hobbies too. For someone who can bend the laws of reality itself and break the bonds of matter, Zade gets surprised by a lot of mundane shit. Yeah, <laughs> this is what I'm trying to say. Thank you for putting it to better words. Um, also, they go through what kind of bikes they have. You know, I it. it uh... I knew the last thing that he thought I would know was the top speed of his crotch rocket. Her, her, her. But then she talks about how she's got a fucking Ducati. And, like, that cafe racer shit can miss me as far as I'm concerned. 
I, I don't know. It's so they're they're dick measuring over motorcycles. Um, well, it's also played as like, I hope I'm not being too nerdy, but also like, how many other girls do you know that can talk about motorcycles like this? And the answer is, I actually know a lot, but it's played as like. I'm a girl. I shouldn't know this. Yes, exactly. But I'm also aren't, going to be very humble about the fact that I know right. this. Right? Aren't I? Aren't I transgressive by being interested in boy things like motorcycles exactly. and cigarettes and fucking football or whatever? Um, and Zaid, who has a nickname, or Zaid is a nickname for her real name, uh, gets her, I guess, official um, a show nickname: Magi Girl, Magi Girl, Magi. I don't know. I assume it's Magi, but. Uh, yes, this is the final so, of the episode where I get to know Zade's full name. This is also yeah. the only episode where I didn't improperly refer to her by her full name. <laughs> no, I appreciated it. So, James, what is her full name? Shahara Zade Holder. <laughs> oh my god, please say it properly. Shahara Zod Holder. Do you know that, like, okay, so for Fable, Fable the Ulysses, we did... A Thousand and One Nights while I was reading this the first time. And in every episode, I called her Shazi because that's what one of the books shortened it to. Mm. Because I could not say Scheherazade. But by this point, I was so angry that this was her name. This is how I learned to pronounce confidently Scheherazade. I can't remember. Oh, her middle name is Ruth? No. Her middle... Wrong, wrong... Esther? Yes, Esther. We'll get... Oh, wrong biblical. Yeah, wrong yeah. Biblical. So, okay. okay. We'll, we'll, let's... We'll, we'll get to Esther in a second. Um, okay. Da, 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 Dr. Seuss. I wasn't so sure that Dr. S- I wasn't so sure that Dr. Seuss wasn't dark at times as well. But I couldn't Your... think of a good example in the moment. Well, Theodore Giesel... The Giesel guys are shit. We're not even getting into the Dr. Prop- Seuss's real name. Yeah, we're, we're not even getting into that. I'm just saying, doesn't that sentence call out for an editor's pen? Yes. Yes, it does. It hurts it is me to read. Very much so. Um, there are a lot of these moments where it's like, clearly the author is going, I know I should put something here, but instead I'm just not going to. Also, if you want an example of dark Dr. Seuss, watch the 5,000 fingers of Dr. T. It is fucked up beyond measure. I mean, read any of his political cartoons. Like, the dude... Read his biography. The dude himself was a little messed up in the head. And this is coming from someone who is a big fan of him on the whole level. Can we talk about their discussion of Arabian Nights? Who doesn't know Arabian Nights? Like, you don't... I'm not saying everybody should have read all ten volumes. Yeah. But, like, Arabian Nights... Fucking hey, Scooby Doo did Arabian Nights. So even if you somehow missed the entire Aladdin phase of the nineties, like Scooby Doo did Arabian Nights. I just I get so it's there's a a movie or a story, I can't remember what it is, but like someone goes, Yeah, my family always reads the night before Christmas at Christmas time, and the other character's like, oh my god, my family does this too, and it's like a bonding moment, and that's what this feels like here. It's like, who the fuck hasn't heard Arabian Nights? Yes, it's dark for a kid, but it's also adapted into kids' stories so that, you know, you take out the fact that he kills his wife, every single wife, after he fucks her. So, like, I don't know, it just, like, this whole moment is, like, I'm trying to look educated and smart, and I'm going to talk about Arabian Nights. 
And, like, no. That segues nicely into the mention of Esther, um, who... Oh, God, yes. Now, Esther is a biblical queen. Also, Shahrazad is not a queen at first. Or, I'm sorry, she's not a princess. She's not a fucking princess. Like, you obviously have not read A Thousand and One Nights, Miss Author. And I'm only saying this because I just did a whole fucking season on this. But she's not. She's one of his um, visor's daughters. She's not a fucking princess. She's one of his... Vizier. What? No, no. I want to say sheeple, but that's not the word. Um, I'm angry and it's after work. She's she's just she's not common, but she's also not royalty. So like, fuck off. You didn't read this either. Esther is a uh, biblical queen. Uh, she was the wife of Xerxes the uh, first. Yeah, I always get Esther and Ruth confused. So I don't and she is the she is. reason that uh, she is the reason behind the festival of Purim, which is mm. my favorite holiday ever. That doesn't involve busty hotties of all genders dancing around a fire. Um, but Now, why is this your favorite holiday? Because the point of the holiday is... The best way to describe the holiday is go to Rocky Horror Picture Show. Take a drink every time you call Brad Majors an asshole and Janet Weiss <laughs> a slut. And you drink until you get confused and call Brad Majors a slut and Janet Weiss, an asshole. Now, lest you think I'm being overly <laughs> reductive here, let me refer you to the Torah. <laughs> <laughs> the source of this is a passage from the Talmudic tractate Megillah. Rava said, a person is obligated to drink on Purim until he does not know the difference between cursed be Haman and blessed be Mordecai. <laughs> and people dressed in drag, it is fucking awesome that is amazing i i i i i was like oh esther isn't she the queen behind purim and yes yes she is and then i had to the only thing i really ever remember so in college i took the bible as literature rather than as a religious text Mm -hmm. and lightning still has not struck me down in case you're wondering Mm -hmm. um and Literally, I mean, I'm glad you remember more than I do because I, one, I get her and Ruth confused. And two, they're essentially the only two women in the Old Testament. Excuse me. And both of their stories are like the only ones with happy endings. Like, this is all I really ever remember. Well, there's also, Song of Solomon is Old Testament, right? Or is that New Testament? Uh, I believe it's old. Okay. There's a, I think there's a female presence in that, but yeah, like it's. Well, they are the protagonist of their stories. I mean, like. Abraham has a wife. I think it's Sarah. Um, Noah has a wife. I don't actually remember her name. I mean, there's Eve. There's Lilith, who's not really in the Bible, but Lilith is there. So, so just real quick, I'd like to comment on the fact that uh, our protagonist had to grow up in <laughs> Nowheresville, Tinsel, or, uh, you know, Tennessee. Tinselville, yes. Yeah. T- uh, <laughs> Tinsel Tucky, uh, with an Arab and Jewish name. And <laughs> again, I never put that together. That is amazing. Like, I can guarantee you that if this actually happened, your friend and mine, Zaid, would have gotten some side eye from the locals for having an Arab name. 
Yeah, it would have been more than just like, she's kind of weird, you can't date her. It would have been more like, oh, I don't actually know what her uh, ethnicity is. Yep. And like... God forbid she, we, you know, stay out in the sun too long and get a little bit of a tan. Oh my god. And like, we might be being a little bit facetious, but like, as a reminder, 26 election, someone ran on the platform, let's make America white again in Tennessee. So, not too much of a stretch. Oh, yeah, I'm from Indiana. Fuck it, I'll slag on small towns in Indiana all day long. Fuck it. Left for <laughs> a reason, folks. Um, so, then we get to figure out why they call him Mac. Which... Again, there is a line. I was pretty sure his parents hadn't actually named him Mac unless they owned Apple or something. My sister goes by Mac. It is short for Mackenzie. Like, nicknames are a thing. Like, and also, how old are you that you could think that parents would name the kids after an Apple product? I don't know. But she does know MacGyver. Well, I mean, yeah. MacGyver just got... I wonder if that show's still on. Um, it got rebooted. Really? By a kid that went to my high school. Yeah. The guy that played MacGyver is a kid that went to high school with me. He's a few years younger. Hang on. I actually want to know if this is still in the air. Oh, okay. Probably not. Probably not. I think it got canceled very quickly. Right. But anyway, um, pour one out for... Uh, the... Nope. It is. It's renewed a second season, which premiered on September 29th, 2017. All right. Well, good for you dude that went to high school whose name i can never remember all right um so max name and brace yourself actually no no don't brace yourself fucking stop listening to this podcast and go out and enjoy the world while you still can because we're at the point of the lovecraft story where someone reads the book for a little bit too long and the sanity eating beasties come out for a snack so, so you know, get you to a room without any 90-degree angles and keep yourself safe from the hounds of Tindalos because it turns out Mac's real name is Clark Kent. And again, as a reminder, Mac is probably somewhere around the age of 25. So, you know, old enough that he, or young enough that his dad probably read Superman comics. Right. Actually, I think that is the joke. Yeah, but, but. and I work with a guy named Dustin Hoffman. And when I was doing um, mortgage clearances back in the day, I ran across the paperwork from someone with the first name of Adolf, who was born in 1938. So... I mean, Christ, what's my name? Meg Griffin. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, like, but, but... Shit happens. Right. But shit doesn't have to happen, particularly <laughs> when an omnipotent book. author is choosing willfully to make these decisions. But they are bonding over the fact that they were both named after their parents' favorite story. And if his favorite story happened to be Superman, more power to you? I Like, I don't know what he did. Like, he must have saved his wife's life to get her to agree to this. I, I mean, I know someone whose kid's middle name is Danger. Like, literally. Okay. But... but- <laughs> That's amazing, but middle name. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, and 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 this isn't maybe it's like a boy named Sue sort of thing. Like I'm gonna name you Clark Kent. So so yeah, I don't know. But don't do that. If you're writing a book and you think it's cute to name your it's characters not. Clark Kent, it better be a fucking good book. Or to you better be getting a paycheck from DC to write a fucking Superman book. That's true. Is it no? Th- is it no? Okay. Yeah. Um. I. 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 I it's. 
So anyway, um, then the Max signal comes up. Uh, I can't. So uh, the the board's glitching out, and then we find out that Max, Amy Mann's favorite Amy Mann song is Red Vines, also his favorite. And candy. his favorite is Candy, uh, which I'm still Twizzlers over Red Vines. Sorry, not sorry. And then like, and then Jackson Jackson shows up. Of course. Oh, wait, no, we learn what her favorite Amy Mann song is, which is Going Through the Motions, which is also a, also song a Buffy, Buffy song. Once... Did you just watch Once More with Feeling? <laughs> no, but every time someone asked me how I was feeling yesterday, I kept sending them this, the opening song of that, that show. That makes way more um, sense than what you said to me. Um, um, yeah, well, I figured you would get the reference without me having to send you the song. Nope, and then context. I learned that apparently that's not true. And also her favorite candy is cotton candy. So James, what is your favorite candy? <sighs> I know you don't have much of a sweet tooth. Uh, yeah, I was going to say I'm 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 still going to say beer. Like my favorite candy is no, beer. No. That's no. How about like um I, I, score I would bars. give you like score bars. Are you fucking serious? We're going to have a body moment because this is also my favorite candy. Score bars? Nice. Yes. Score bars forever. I have one bar and... never. I have one in my bag because I just did a road trip. Nice, nice. Um, so, bonding moment, James, we're so much alike. Oh, yeah. Oh, you think I'm interesting? That's so interesting. <laughs> What's even great is that was not planned in the slightest. <laughs> so, Jackson, like, skulks out of the shadows here. Which is, that's that's the only way, like, I know it's like, oh, I came looking for you to see if you're, to see how you were. By the way, that was incredible. You never cease to amaze me. So, so he w- watches her play the Amy Mann song and stands around while she has this conversation with Clark Kent. And, oh yeah, and, totally watching the whole time. And then, like, fucking, who's on deck? Like, who's who's? It's it's. Uh... So why don't we get a slasher scene on Jackson? This is what I don't get, unless. Mac is really the serial killer character of the book, and this is about to take a dark turn. Well, well, it's. I mean, like I said, Riley is the hero of this book, and there is a serial killer. So I guess spoiler alert: Zade's going to die. Yeah, um, I would say that the reason why we don't get a um, a serial killer scene is that in classic Jack in classic Jallo fashion, uh, they are dropping red herrings to distract. Ooh. It's it, see, it's it's. It's rarely so. Mac is not the serial killer. Correct. Oh fuck! Uh, but he's just really creepy. Well, right, exactly, exactly. Really creepy. Not a serial killer. Um, okay. So Sophia is going to recover. Um, well, what is it that he says? Oh, she'll never recover. She's permanently damaged. Her ego. Oh yeah, yeah. She'll yes. never recover. Permanently damaged. I nearly dropped the rec- guitar. What? Jackson grinned. Her ego. Oh, you meant physically? Almost as if I need help, pregnant pause. Picking out a sweater. <laughs> I genuinely did not think that you were going to. There was no pregnant pause. I was ty- taking pictures of the sweater in my mind. I'm a Nazi. All right, listeners. Punk's fuck <laughs> off, man. I really like that Dead Kennedy song. 
Yes, listeners, earlier I texted James because I was trying to decide on an ugly Christmas sweater, one of which I'm wearing right now, and all I said was, I need help, and then proceeded to take pictures because, yeah, I did no, not no. And meanwhile, I get a text from Megan, dear <laughs> listeners, saying, I need help. And I'm sitting there at my lunch to- or at my local, happily reading this book. <laughs> And I get this text that says, I need help. I'm like, holy shit, what's going on? I'm sorry. It's okay. It's okay. It's a lovely sweater. Um, um, so, yeah. Uh, so, just a quick notice that she, Jackson does sit down next to her and is in her bubble. I mean, it doesn't really say, like, uncomfortably or anything like that, but his leg is touching or is pressed against hers. Yeah, I mean, everyone's just lining up to go down on Zayd and, like, more power to her, but... I, I, is Can it... Everyone is equally worthless, though. I mean, Jackson has the whole third-wave ska band thing going for him, as established. <laughs> that's true. Uh, that's true. But, like... I forgot about that, but yes, yeah, that's yeah, true. No, I, I mean, like, Zayd has to commit to a lot of, uh, like, two-tone suspenders and boots, and... It's, I, I don't know if Jackson's the one for her. I don't know. Um, but yeah, that we pretty much wrap up the chapter with them talking about Sophia and glad that, you know, she's okay for Riley's sake. Yep. And, but of course the chapter ends with, ev- with Jackson mm-hmm. making sure that he tells Zade, you're pretty amazing. Which you really are. <sighs> She can play Amy Mann songs and okay, she does have supernatural abilities. That's pretty amazing. I I grant that, but I don't think that Jackson is saying you're pretty amazing because of those supernatural abilities. I agree. So we have ended the chapter. Thank God. Um, I think it is official to say that we probably have decided who our love triangle is based on this chapter. Jackson and Mac and Tad. Yes, okay. exactly. Yes. Um, um, so, and we've established that Amy Man songs and having a favorite candy is how you get an enemy to become your friend. Um, what do you think is going to happen next? Um, I think that, okay, um, I think that this book is going to take the path of F. Paul Wilson's classic novel, The Keep, uh, which was made into a movie that is underrated. Michael Mann directed it. Tangerine Dream did the soundtrack. Uh, Ian McKellen is in it. So anyway, The Keep is set in World War II, and there is a keep, and the the walls of the keep are bedecked with crosses, uh, silver crosses, and uh, the Nazis start plying the crosses out of the walls, to, uh, to melt them down and sell them for to help the war effort, blah, blah, blah. And in doing so, they unleash an ancient evil, Rasalom. Now, Ian McKellen's character is a Jewish scholar who's been kept around by the Nazis for, I forget what the reason is, but Ian McKellen makes a deal with the ancient evil because he's going, wait, you want to eat these Nazis? That's fucking sweet. You go nuts, man. Like, you do you. Do you. Um, so I think what's going to happen is that the serial killer is going to team up with the manifestation of Zade's id, and they're going to form like some sort of symbiotic relationship. Like 
the 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 id the manifestation of the id is going to go after the serial killer and then they'll have a you're not so different you and i scene and then they're going to join Jesus. forces yes and and <coughs> start laying waste to all of the um the you know, have we had any mention of what her religious background is? I know it is at some point mentioned. I don't think it has been. I mean, geographically I speaking, it's going to be okay. some flavor of Protestant, right? Um, You would think so. We'll see if that's true or not at some point. I'm going to remind you to read the author's bio and then take another guess. <laughs> Actually, it might not be in her bio. That would be a weird thing to have in your bio now that I think about it. Um... It is, I mean, okay, okay, like, it's, if if she's Catholic, I will be surprised. Um, well, I guess at some point, I know at some point it is mentioned what her religious background is, because I remember making a note of, like, is this the fucking first time we've mentioned it? And then I looked it up and was like, oh, this is a religion the author is. Got it. Cool. Well, then. Um, so... Basically, to sum up your very long uh, movie synopsis, the it's going to take over and become the bad guy. Well, the there, I, I guess that depends on, you know, or they could be the hero depending on who's. See, looking there, at you the movie. there you go, there Protagonist you go. Protagonist or antagonist? Let's 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 not let's not let morality enter into this. Um, so at some point we're gonna have a body count. That's what we're thinking. Yes, yes, exactly. Um, cool. So yeah. Um, well, Megan, right. um, we recommend things, and then we tell people about our other podcasts, right? This is That is true. Okay. Um, what do you want to recommend while I look up what the hell I've been reading? Um, I would like to recommend a movie called Torso. Uh, the mention of Giallos brought it to mind. It is not a good movie, but it is an awesome movie. Uh, it is the story of a bunch of expats in Italy getting slaughtered as most giallo are um it doesn't make a lot of sense it's lovingly shot again as with most giallos and weirdly enough the final fight has a really well executed enzigiri in it it is a it is a note perfect kick to the back of the head um so yeah go Check out Torso. It is directed by someone on Wikipedia, Sergio Martino, who also did. Oh, okay, okay. Um, your vice is a locked room, and only I have the key. That's a that's a really, really, really good Sergio Martino. Um, <laughs> all the colors of the dark is good too. Um, watch watch Giallo in general. Uh, they're they're at least interesting, even if they're bad. So I'm going to recommend the book You by Caroline, um, I think it's Keps, Kneps, K-E-P-N-E-S, um, which is a book about a guy that thinks that he is the romantic hero in his life, but might actually be a psychopath. Um, and if you can find it on audiobook, Greg from Crazy Ex-Girlfriend reads it, or Han from frozen i guess is also what he is um and i totally recommended it in that way so that you can be totally in on our slasher stuff when the killings start happening in this book there we go awesome where else can they find you um i have two other podcasts uh judging book covers which is bi-weekly um if you let's see so this is coming out monday um next sunday we 
I will have on two new guests and we're reading Gray by E.L. James, which is the fifth book, no, fourth book of the uh, Fifty Shades trilogy. And none of us have read the actual trilogy, so it'll be fun. Um, and then I am also on Fableulous Retellings with my friend Marilag Angway. And we are in the middle of our donkey skin season. And so um, there's lots of drinking while we record because that's a hard fairy tale. <laughs> so uh, where pe- can people find you? They can find me at Over the Tabletop. Uh, it is a podcast where my partner and I discuss two-player board games. Over the Tabletop podcast at gmail.com. On Facebook, we're at Over the Tabletop. Twitter, we're at Over the Tabletop. Uh, we're on Libsyn, Podcaster, Network Thingies, all over the place. Yes, find us there. Um, yeah. See, you, you're like, oh, you really need to get this down. But then as soon as I get through it, it quickly, is... you're just, then <laughs> no. you're like fucking flabbergasted. Because, like, oh shit, I have... The... It's the listing of all the social media that always, like, throws me off. Um, uh, yeah. Next uh, week this, we'll By be... this point comes out, I'm also going to be on, I think it's, uh, I'm on Real Time, talking about Bonnie and Clyde as well tomorrow. Oh, the movie? Yeah, I'm talking about Bonnie and Clyde, the movie. Um, and if it falls appropriately on the AFI's uh, top 100 list. list. <clears throat> cool. All right, well, enjoy that, and yeah, uh, keep circulating the tapes. We'll be back again next week. Uh, Sorry about the quick break in between. Um, Holidays are a little weird, guys. Indeed. Um, And we'll be reading The Emperor. Huzzah. Huzzah. Thank you.